Hello and welcome to another episode of CryptoCast. Today I'm delighted to be joined by Adele Masari, who is a blockchain arbiter of deals. Hi Adele, it's great to have you on. Hi James, thanks for having me. So it's very interesting in terms of what you're doing in terms of working within the crypto space, but what are you seeing currently are the predominant trends happening in crypto? So the predominant uh, trend I, I, I've seen was uh, from 2020 around DeFi, which was uh, solving uh, the, uh, the barrier of entry in crypto instead of listing in uh, exchanges like Binance, where it's very expensive. There, there was a trend with uh, Uniswap and uh, other DeFi solutions. And um, that's really exciting seeing the, the trend of DeFi coming uh, for the last year and uh, changing the ecosystem of uh, the blockchain and crypto. And do you think that that's one which is likely to keep um, keep in? And because I mean, you see, you've seen a massive change towards DeFi, and some people are supportive, others are less so. Do you do you think DeFi is kind of good for the industry, or do you think it's going to be a bit like the ICO? There's going to be a splurge of them, and then people will want to move into other things as as issues arise. Well, the thing is, maybe to put in into context, I, I was actually dealing at the time with uh, an ICO agency doing uh, partnerships and alliances. And uh, the thing is, um, there was no regulation and uh, people were questioning, especially in the US, with the uh, famous Huawei test. Uh, but the thing is, what's lacking, I think, in terms of DeFi, it's the bridge between DeFi and security tokens. Some companies are working towards that. At the same time, we're talking about KYC, which is, uh, as it's decentralized, how do you make sure that uh, people, you know, um, investing in a specific DeFi projects are not from US? So I think that um, also the financial models being built are quite exciting. Um, the yield farming model is something interesting to watch. Um, so the market is evolving so fast. And it's really difficult to keep up with uh, what's going on. Uh, and, and lastly, one thing interesting is the um, <clears throat> some regulated exchanges, ATS in, in the US, which has been recently approved, are actually working to bridge the gap between DeFi and regulated uh, exchange and tokenization. Yeah, and it, it seems to me it was coming very much an evolving picture. I mean, when, when you talk about DeFi and and the group of the, the innovations which are happening there, I think it can sound quite alien to people who haven't grown up with, with blockchain and crypto. Do you think we're going to see that change as we get more mainstream users move into the space? Or do you think kind of in, in at least the short to medium term, it's going to be very much a case of there'll be those who fully understand it and are, are very much involved in it. And then the majority of people who it's always going to feel like an alien language and actually they're, they're going to have real difficulty engaging in a way which is commercially sensible. Yeah, I think the uh, biggest issue is the crypto adoption um, because the thing is, it's, for instance, if we take Bitcoin, it's um, around, let's say, 50,000, for example. Uh, but because we are used to deal with USD, pounds, euro, the metric is, you know, one. 
And with uh, Bitcoin and or Ethereum, we have the issue of metric. So that's one issue. And also the adoption with uh, on-ramp when uh, purchasing uh, crypto through a wallet and understanding its value and the volatility. But I think that it's coming, um, especially in the US lately, there are the NFTs um, working with um, uh, Walmart, for instance, to issue some tokens for creating this adoption. Um, I think it's really about the model and the wallet. And also when we are talking about DeFi, the problem of the non-custodial, where people have to hold the keys and they lose the keys, you know, they lose access to their wallet. But, um, you know, I mean, for, for a year, there's so many new innovation within DeFi and blockchain that I think that it's for mainstream adoption, it will take few years at least to start getting you know engaged in the in the DeFi space or i mean in the blockchain space generally speaking and i agree it's still alien for most people yeah i think one of the other interesting points you mentioned were nfts or or, or what i call non-fungible tokens where basically the, the core idea is that each token held on the blockchain is at all times distinct from each other one so you don't get things like pooling which you would get with traditional old-fashioned fiat accounts for example so each bit stays distinct do you think that the, that the nfts are going to become more popular with new ideas and do you think they're kind of particular areas where you think nfts are, are, are going to be particularly interesting well, I think that NFT will drive adoption, crypto adoption. So, you know, before, let's say for goodies, marketing companies were, you know, sending uh, free goodies. And I think the NFT will be the new kind of goodie, especially to create your wallet, receive some NFT tokens. Uh, if you're a fan of a manga or of an artist, it could be a limited series. It could be toys, digital toys. Uh, in the gaming space as well. I mean, I don't know if you recall Second Life. Uh, at the time, they were saying it's going to be the new, the new world. People would be living in Second Life. It didn't succeed. It was more than 12 years ago. But I think the NFT is providing interesting solutions. But at the same time, there is a problem of Oracle for the real value of, let's say, a painting, a digital art and also the authentication of the NFT. So there are platforms working towards that, like Flow behind CryptoKitties and NBA Top Shots. And uh, you have uh, a lot of companies like uh, protocols like Hedera, Solana, and others getting into NFTs. Yes, I mean, I, I think just one other Point you may just want to pick up on again is the increasing regulation i think i know one of the areas you're special in is in things like security token offerings and the like do you have any advice for kind of new businesses looking to set up as well as new businesses looking to for example list security tokens on an exchange well in terms of security tokens at the time when i was dealing with icos i i saw that uh, security tokens in early 2018 was interesting. And the thing is, there wasn't adoption because of uh, the process. I mean, um, advising a renewable energy tokenizing their assets, 
it's actually a long journey to make sure that we are listing in the right exchange and also the liquidity is lacking and um, I would say it's actually coming. People were thinking it would be a big thing uh, in 2018. Uh, but the thing is, with uh, security tokens, you are actually, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but you are actually doing the same kind of process as a regulated exchange, uh, but it provides more features. It can be traded 24-7. Uh, uh, so the real estate, for instance, is something people are talking uh, and also illiquid markets, but we haven't seen yet adoption. What I would say is lately the US is doing tremendous work around that, uh, more than uh, uh, you know uh, any place except maybe Asia like Hong Kong and Singapore, but it's definitely coming. I think it's still um, educating the investors and educating the token issuers, people willing to, to list uh, through security tokens. I think it's very interesting the fact you picked up the US in particular as an example of, of a country which is further ahead because one of the things which I see a lot of are, is negative press coming from the US in terms of the SEC going after tokens, particularly where they feel that they've been classed as, an, as a utility token or unregulated token, whereas in fact they're a security token. As a broad rule, do you think that actually the, the press around the US is unfair or is it more of a case of if you're a security token you're in one box and if you're an unregulated token you're in another box? I'd just be interested to see kind of what, what your thoughts are as to what the landscape really is like in the US. Well I mean one of the things in the US I mean uh, talking to a um, few ATS which has been approved recently you know they've been talking to the SEC and uh, it's um, you know the knowledge they have today and I would say the same in the EU and uh, in terms of understanding like for instance if we're talking about staking you know staking Ethereum a few years ago you know regulators they had no idea what people were talking about but because of you know the uh, communication between uh, crypto companies and protocols with regulators especially in the US uh, people start to see the value and they don't want to kill the innovation, which I think it's crucial. And to give an example, they start seeing, uh, you know, potential uh, investment through stablecoin in the US and also um, some companies issuing a stablecoin that is regulated in the US. So the traction from, from my understanding is recently uh, more in the US than in, in Europe or, or UK. That's been really interesting. I'm afraid that that's all we've got, had time for. It's been fascinating to hear your thoughts. Um, if anyone listening would like to reach out to Adele, his email address is purpleconsult at gmail.com. Adele, it's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you for coming on. Thanks for having me. Likewise. Thank you for listening to our latest podcast. Gunner Cook has a market-leading blockchain, crypto assets and DeFi team, providing legal advice across the whole of the blockchain ecosystem. Our members have been heavily involved in helping shape the legal and regulatory framework for blockchain and crypto assets from the start, meaning that we have an intuitive understanding of our clients' needs and can provide focused, pragmatic advice at predictable cost. 
For more information, please visit our website. Thank you again.